0: Hey, I want to thank you for checking out uh, the sermons at Coastal Community Church online, and uh, we are really happy to make these available to you uh, for your spiritual nourishment. But one of the things we have a deep conviction of is that we hope that these sermons are a supplement to your spiritual growth, but also a supplement to you having a home church. And so if uh, you do not live in this area, we would really encourage you uh, to join with a local church where you can serve the Lord together alongside of other believers. Uh, If you don't have a local church and you live in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love to have you check out Coastal Community Church. We have uh, three services, uh, 815, 945, and 1115. And we'd love for you to join us at one of those services. Hey, we want to invite you out for the Christmas season. I hope you'll join us. We're doing a series called Pictures of Christmas. uh, And we are going to be looking at Christmas through the eyes of different people in the New Testament and the Old Testament as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We also hope you'll join us on Christmas Eve. We are going to do a candle lighting service. It's a family service. Uh, I think it'll be a great time for you, your family, and your children. We have two services on Christmas Eve, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock. It will be full, so let me encourage you to get here early and ring in the holidays. Um, joining us at Coastal Community Church this Christmas with our series, Pictures of Christmas. You probably wonder why I'm bringing this out. I'm going to give some instructions on candle lighting, okay? Um... If you're a guest with us here this afternoon on Christmas Eve, we're glad you're here. I want you to know that our hope at Coastal is this time next year, uh, we're worshiping Christ in a new location. So, uh, so with that, we can't burn the building down, okay? We're in the middle of negotiations to sell this place, all right? So let's keep it safe. So real quick, Jeff, if you'll take that for me, uh, some candle lighting instructions. I'm an old schooler. I love to light candles at Christmas Eve, okay? Uh, But we're going to, after I'm done talking here, we're going to light some candles. We're going to sing some praise songs to our our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, that we worship, okay? So a lot of times during uh, music, uh, some of y'all like to close your eyes and sway, okay? None of that during candle lighting time, okay? Um, Some of y'all like to raise your hand and praise and worship, None of that during, during candle lighting time, okay? And then when Pastor Joey uh, asks you to extinguish the candle, okay, I want you to be very aware of the, of the pretty Christmas sweater in front of you as you blow wax, okay? So make sure you go like this. All right, cup your hand, blow it out. Yeah, it's a very important time, and I, I love the worship with candles. Uh, it does remind me of the, of the solitude of the night of our Savior's birth. And uh, so let's talk about that for a minute, okay, before we sing some praises to the lord i uh, a couple weeks ago my my wife and i um were getting ready to go out on a date together we We try to do a lunchtime date on Fridays, and so uh she was getting ready in the bathroom next to me, and I got out the hairspray and I went like this. <laughs> And finally she looks over and she's like, What are you doing? I'm like, I'm getting ready to go on a date with you. And she's like, Why are you putting so much hairspray in your hair? I'm like, so it looks good. And she goes, You don't have that much hair. <laughs> I looked at her and I was like, Why you gotta be like that? You know, like just let me do me, I do me, you do you. How about that? You kind of thing, you know? But what she was saying is, why are you putting so much on when you have so little? Right? So much for so little, and uh, that's what pastoring for 20 years does, so makes your hair fall out. But, uh, you know, um, I, my hope here, we've been, we've been doing a series over December called Pictures of Christmas, and we've been trying to take uh, kind of some snapshots or some pictures from Christmas through the eyes of different people, different authors. Last week, we looked at Christmas through the eyes of the psalmist, uh, but this, morning, this afternoon, I want to look at the, uh, Christmas through the eyes of Jesus. I mean, what was Jesus thinking when he came to earth, when he wrapped himself in flesh and, and he was born in a manger? And actually, the Apostle Paul gives us a, a little bit of insight. And so my hope here this afternoon is you light your candle and, and we worship Christ through song. And you will pause and you will go, man, God in Christ gave me so much for so little. Check this out. This is what the Apostle Paul says about the birth of Christ. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, he says, In your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Let me draw a couple things out before we sing some more here this afternoon. I want you to realize that Jesus what was he thinking? Well Jesus didn't clutch. Jesus didn't hold on to his rights. Jesus was willing to be humble and give up of himself so that he so that we might be saved from the penalty of our sin. And, and the truth is many of us like we're clutchers. I mean it's, it's human nature, we clutch. We clutch our rights and we clutch our stuff. You know, I mean, Christmas is like this overindulgence and stuff. You know, and man, we got it we want, we want when we clutch our stuff. Many of us, many of us, build our relationships here on earth around clutching. Like, what can you give me? What can I get out of this relationship? We we clutch what we want, but for Jesus, Christmas is what I like to call the descent into Christmas. He didn't clutch; he loosened his grip. He gave up his rights. The scripture says he emptied himself. He, he, he became literally, Paul says, he literally became a bond servant. He, be, he became a slave on our behalf. That means he carried our burdens. Burdens he didn't owe. It means it was he, the, the burdens that we should have carried, he carried on our behalf. Your burdens and my burdens, Jesus didn't clutch his right, but rather he became a servant on our behalf and carried our burdens. The God of the universe loosened his grip willingly and humbly, and he descended into Christmas. Second thing this text reminds us is that Jesus was born in a manger. He's born in a manger. Paul says he was born in the likeness of man, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of man. In the Gospel of Luke, where we get the Christmas story, it's, uh, uh, Luke records this. He says, and you will recognize him. This is the angels talking to the shepherds on, who were watching their, their flock by night. He says, and you will recognize him. By this sign, you will find a babe wrapped in small strips of cloth. That's what Pastor Andrew was trying to get out a little while ago, right? And lying in a manger. You know, we've really sterilized this story. I mean, really, I want you to picture this for a minute. I mean, imagine, you know, I remember when my kids were young and, I mean, making sure everything was clean and neat and straight was of the highest priority. I mean, you know, even this day, like, we put that uh, sterilizer stuff everywhere around nurseries, right? Jesus, the Son of God, was born in a, in a food dish. Can you imagine that? I mean, if it wasn't funny, it would, it would make us sick if it was our children, wouldn't it? The Son of God wrapped himself in flesh, and he was born in a manger. He was born in a feeding trough, and he he took on humanity's appearance. In fact, Isaiah chapter 53, the prophet Isaiah actually gives us a little insight into the actual appearance of Jesus, and he says this, he said, he had no form or majesty that we should look upon him, and no beauty that we should desire him. The king of kings, the Lord of lords. He isn't even one of the kind of the celebrity people, you know? The people that we go, man, if I had that body. Like, he had no form or beauty. We go, oh, that's that's who I want to look like. He became wrapped in humanity. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, Paul goes on to say, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself. I want you to hear that again. The God of the universe... Humbled himself. So, what this Christmas, as we peer into the manger, I I want you to remember like, yes, it's a silent night and the lights and it's twinkly and it's, you know, filled with a lot of cheer this time of year, but I want you to remember that Christmas is about the God of the universe being humble. He had a humble attitude. And by the way, the, the whole past point of this passage, by the way, Paul here in Philippians chapter 2 is writing to a church, okay? He's ta- trying to teach them how to how to honor one another, how to live within his church life. And he, in Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit; rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but to but each of you to uh, the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. By the way, when I when I said at the beginning, what was Jesus thinking when he came to earth? This is it. Paul goes on to define that for us. He was humble. Christmas is about humility. I don't want you to see just a manger scene. I want you to see the creator of the universe humbling himself and wrapping himself in flesh. That is who we worship here this afternoon. By the way, how would that... This is a side note, okay? I can't help myself preach a rabbit trail, okay? Let me ask you something. How would that change your relationships if you had the mindset of Christ, How would it change your marriage if you thought of your spouse as more important than yourself? Somebody, One of y'all is elbowing your spouse right now. Like "You, You need to hear this, right? I mean, how would that change your marriage? How would that change your workplace? How would that change your church? How would that change your community? How would that change your school? How would it change your neighborhood? How would it change every relationship you had if you took on the mind of Christ and said, Others are more important than me. that'd be an awesome place to live, wouldn't it? By the way, that's where we're going, right? When Christ returns, it's second advent, His second coming, man, all sin's going to be gone, all selfishness is going to be gone. I long for that place, and it's going to be an awesome place, and it's where we're going. And so Christ's descent into Christmas, the mind of Christ was the mind of humility. And I want you to remember this Christmas season that I don't want you to just see a manger scene, I also want you to see the cross, Behind every manger scene is the cross of Christ. Philippians 2.8, Paul finishes by saying this. He says, And being found in the appearances of a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death. What's the text say? Even what, church? What? Death? Is it up there? Alright, here we go. Let's do this together. Even what? Death on a cross. And and by the way, the readers see, we're so far removed from this text, we're two thousand years removed from it. We're like, oh, what? I I yeah, you know, isn't that a piece of jewelry? No, the readers of this text would understand that that Christ became obedient to death. And by the way, be very clear about this. Only deity can be obedient to death. I want you to think about that for a minute. It's not an act of obedience for us to die. Only deity is an act of obedience. He willingly laid down his life as an obedient act. And Paul says, not only did he die, but he died a a death on the cross, which is suffering and is punishing, and it was undeserved. This is Christ's descent into Christmas. So let me ask you something. What do you think motivated God and his son, Jesus Christ, to descend into Christmas? What do you think motivated our heavenly father to send his son to descend into Christmas? Have you ever thought about that? ready for this? It's love. John 3.16 tells us that, right? For God so what? That he did what? He gave, right? He gave. Why do we give gifts at Christmas? It's a reflection of our good God who gave. Why? Because he loved. And I want to encourage you with this. I want to challenge you with this here this afternoon. The God of the universe loves you so much that He sent His Son to descend into Christmas, humbly, wrapping in flesh, die, living a life that was perfect, dying a death He didn't deserve, so that there was appropriate payment for your disobedience, your rebellion, and your sin. And by grace through faith, the righteousness of Christ is credited to you when you bow in humility. And trust the Lord Jesus Christ. And his resurrection is proof positive that he is exactly who he claimed to be. God's son wrapped in flesh. And I want to encourage you this Christmas Eve, don't leave here today. Don't leave here today without knowing God's son, Jesus Christ. Don't leave here today thinking, oh, Christmas is just kind of a merry time. We get together, it's family gifts and food and all that. It's much more than that. It's the humility of God wrapped in flesh. It's His descent into Christmas. And here's the deal. When you understand you're standing as a sinner before the holiness of God, and you peer into that manger this Christmas Eve, you will understand that God gave so much for so little. And so here's what I want to encourage you to hear this afternoon. If you want to be free from the penalty of your sin, If you want to know and have eternal life, you need to know the lordship of God's son, Jesus Christ. And all it requires is you bow a knee in humility to the lordship of Christ. All it takes is I'm no longer the boss of me. I repent of my sin and I'm trusting in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so here's what we're going to do before we light our candle here this afternoon. I want to give you an opportunity to make that decision. Maybe it's been a while since you've been in church. Maybe you've been coming a long time. Maybe you've been running from the Lord. I want to tell you today is the day to know the freedom of Christmas and know the freedom from your sin and have a relationship with God's Son, Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to pray a prayer as we close here. And let me encourage you. This is an opportunity. There's nothing magical in a prayer, but it is an opportunity to do business with God. It's an opportunity to know the love of God through the person and work of Jesus Christ an opportunity to turn from your sin and trust in Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. And not only will you have life here on earth, but you will have eternal life through God's Son, Jesus Christ. So would everybody do me a favor, bow your heads, close your eyes. And this is just an opportunity today. It's not an accident that you're here. It's not an accident that you're hearing about the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Maybe this is the Christmas that you say, you know what, it's not about me. It's about knowing God's Son, Jesus Christ. And I would encourage you to pray this in your heart with me. God, this afternoon I acknowledge my sin. I acknowledge that I've been trying to make it on my own. I acknowledge today that I've been trying to be the boss of my own life. And here this afternoon, this Christmas Eve, as I look in the manger, I see your descent to earth, and I'm humbled by your love for me tonight, God. I see your grace freely given out of love for me. I see my sin paid for by your Son and forgiveness granted by grace through faith. And tonight, God, as best I understand it, I start a new journey, a new life, with a heart made alive by the power of the Holy Spirit and a life dedicated in worship. Thank you for giving so much for so little. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. And I'm going to tell you something. If you prayed that prayer with me here this afternoon, I just want to welcome you to the family of God. And uh, you're surrounded by a whole bunch of people who said, you know, it's not about me. We're here to worship God's Son, Jesus Christ, and receive the love of God. So here's what we're going to do. I'm gonna, uh, we're going to light our candles, and uh, ushers, in just a second, I'm going to have you come forward. I want to give you a little bit of instruction. Okay, the first song, uh, as we pass the light out, I just want you to listen, okay? And then the second song, we're going to have you stand and sing, uh, and then Pastor Joey's going to give us instruction from there, and then we're going to close out our, our Christmas Eve service with prayer. So ushers, would you come forward? And I just want you to listen to this song. It's one of my favorite Christmas songs, Oh Holy Night.
1: Oh Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for slave is our brother and in his name all oppression shall cease sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise we let all within us praise his holy The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth.
2: Would you guys stand with us? Sleep in heavenly peace Extinguish your candles safely.
0: behalf of myself, my family, um, I know the The church staff and certainly certainly the church elders would all love to wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas if you're traveling. I hope you have safe travels. And uh, I just want to send you out of here with a passage of Scripture. You know, Christmas is about the first advent, the first coming of Christ, but there's going to be a second advent, a second coming of Christ. And Revelation gives us the picture of what that's going to look like. So I want you to go this Christmas uh, with the hope of the second coming of Christ. Revelation chapter 21. Verse 1 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first earth and the first uh, the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more, and I saw a holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. And he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. And neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Merry Christmas, everybody. You're dismissed. Go in the peace and the hope of our Lord.